Broadcasting from a remote corner of the front office of Grave Diggers Local 16, it's Six Foot Plus, the podcast of music and more for those who like it spooky. Almost October, it's getting colder, and there's something creeping around. And I don't mean the crud that's lodged within my throat. <coughs> no, it's something worse than that. It's six foot plus, and I am your curator of this wicked little slice of music and more. The one and thankfully only Strange Jason. Hello. For those of you new to the show, welcome. Glad to have you. For those of you long-time listeners wondering what happened last week, well, I had to take the past Friday off to tend to some family business. And when the family business is digging graves, they say you've just got the dirt in your veins. And, after all, mud is thicker than water. 
But all is well, and I'm back here for another episode of this walk on the creepy side of music. Thank you for clicking that download button to join in. Episodes pop up Fridays over at sixfootplus.com, on iTunes, and on mobile smartphone apps like Stitcher. Would you like to support Six Foot Plus? Of course you do. You can do that in many ways. You can leave a rating or write a review for Six Foot Plus wherever you can. You can tell a friend about the show. You can even nominate Six Foot Plus for one of the Sounds Like an Earful's bi-weekly podcast nods. Head on over to bit.ly slash sixfootnod. That's the number six, F-T-N-O-D, and check out the categories. Our friends over at See You Next Wednesday recently won the nomination for Best Laugh. I don't know how you can win a nomination, but if there's anybody who can do it, See You Next Wednesday can. I don't know. Go on over there, nominate a couple of the horror podcasts, try to get them some more notoriety. Think about nominating the Faculty of Horror. Unfortunately, the Rue Morg podcast is no longer with us, so who knows? If you've got some other ones out there, like the Killer Point of View or Horror, etc., give them a nomination. bit.ly, the number six, F-T-N-O-D. Eh, you could do that. Or not. Doesn't matter. Let your twisted little heart be your guide. After all, it guided you to this episode. And man, do we have a lot on this show for you. In addition to music from The Long Losts, Aaron and the Burrs, and Radiation Cats, we have the one thing scarier than your in-laws, Monster Matt Patterson and the Monster Matt Minute. And we sit down with a horror family of sorts, or at least a couple of guys with the same last name, as I interviewed Charlie and Bo Bandy of the Browns. As I mentioned, there's a horrible little affliction floating around this neck of the woods, so I'm feeling a little bit low. Or maybe I'm decomposing, who knows? But let us get a little cool and dark with one of the coolest and darkest bands around. This is Twin Guns with Witches.
And this is Pat. And, and we're, we're the, the Long, Long Lost. Lost. Be sure to pick up our new album, Scary Songs to Play in the Dark, over at thelonglost.com. And you're listening to Six Foot Plus. to be like her, the perfect 
Lucretia's Daggers with Fallen Moon and the Long Losts with To Be Like Lily. The first Long Losts album, Scary Songs to Play in the Dark, will be coming out in a few weeks, October 8th. October 8th is when the Long Losts happen to play with Silverhounds and Calibries here in New York. It's the CD release party, so I expect every single one of you listening to attend. Ah, this past Wednesday was the 50th anniversary of the Munsters. The first episode aired on September 24th, 1964. Amazing! I remember watching reruns of it at least 20 years after its original airing. Ooh, goodness, back in the 80s when I was just a little strange. I'm a big strange now. Or at least medium-sized strange. Oh, but let us not forget, a week before The Munsters aired on September 18th, 1964, was the premiere of The Addams Family television show. This just goes to show you, dear listener, that September is a really creepy, disturbing month. Butch Patrick, who portrayed Eddie Munster on The Munsters, has compiled a collection of fan experiences and personal anecdotes about being on the set of The Munsters. Plus, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes information and never-before-seen pictures. Munster's Memories. It's a coffee table book, so that means it's going to cost you about $120 to get it, but for the right fan, it's a steal. For a good breakdown of the differences between the Munsters and the Adams family, track down episode 13 of Haunted Shack Theater. Uncle Yaya and the haunted television of the haunted shack played an episode of the Munsters and one of the Adams family. I don't know about you, dear listener, but I would track down every episode of Haunted Shack Theater if I can and hold on to them. And I've heard whispers that something might be stirring from that old, desolate, deserted one-room shack. Keep your eyes peeled and your ears open for something that might just pop up around the Halloween season. But in the meantime, peel your ears to this. Los Iracundos and La Familia Adams.
Let me ask you, friend, what's the difference between you and a corpse? Style. And let me tell you, the dead have a leg up on you because they've been using the power of voodoo. That's right. They've been going to VoodooSugar.com. Over there, they've got pins, bags, teas, stuff for the kids, stuff for the crypt. Why? They're the coolest stiffs around. Are you going to let that cadaver make a kook out of you? Well, fear not. Voodoo Sugar is for the living, too. VoodooSugar.com. Cool swag for the living and living dead. From their new 7-inch single, that was Aaron and the Burrs with Release the Bats. There was a recent video of a rabid bat attacking musicians out in the woods. Did you see it? Clearly, it wasn't a music fan. Let us hope that bats are fans of bad monster jokes, because it's time now for the Monster Mat Minute. Ghoul Morning Maniacs! <laughs> yes, that's right. It is I, your fiend, yours truly, Monster Matt Patterson, the man of a thousand bad monster jokes hailing all the way from Mattsylvania. hey oh, And hey oh to you, sitting all the way in the corner of the tomb, you freaky thing, you. Uh, <laughs> let's start off with a uh, musical number. <laughs> Freddy Krueger's Dream Warriors Don't fall asleep if you want to live through the night <laughs> I know, that was awful That'll wake you up like a slap in the face 
Believe me, I've gotten my share over the years. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's try a little change of pace here. Lygia, dear Lygia, you sit inside your tomb. Come join me in some classic video gaming. We'll play a few rounds of Kaboom! <laughs> Alright, did that one do it for you? Maybe not. Let's switch back to the music. No, I'm not singing. <laughs> Don't worry, it's a, it's a stay of execution, as it were. Uh, what is Medusa's favorite electric light orchestra song? Turn to Stone! <laughs> and finally, Maniacs. <clears throat> Excuse me, finally, Maniacs. I don't know what happened there. Uh, what should a vampire be wearing when practicing the downward bat and other poses? Yorga pants. <laughs> After that workout, be sure to ghoul down and Eat something organic. <laughs> all right, that's all I have for you. My, aren't you the yucky ones? Uh, wait, uh, lucky ones? Yucky ones? Ah, whatever, you figure it out. Maniacs, until next time, Ouija board wishes and cadaver dreams. Bye-bye. This has been the Monster Map Minute with Monster Map Patterson. Congratulations, you survived. For more from the man of a thousand bad monster jokes, follow Monster Matt on Twitter at number one Monster Matt. That's the number one Monster Matt. Keep track of Monster Matt's conventions appearances, his artwork, and info on his new book, Ha Ha Horror, over at his website, Ha Ha Horror, found online at hahahorror.com.
you have a moment, track down the video of Ted Cassidy performing that song, The Lurch, on the old television program, Shindig. I believe that episode also featured Boris Karloff doing a rendition of the Monster Mash. Definitely something for your peepers, creepers. So listener, are you having a good time? I know we're a bit light on the music this week, but we're saving the good stuff for next month, for the Halloween season. Ah, but don't worry, we've got some goodies for you this week. Are you ready now for a visit with the Browns? I had the pleasure of talking with Charlie and Bo Bandy of the Browns. It's a bit of a lengthy interview, but we talk about horror punk, Last House on the Left, the best member of the band Kiss, and of course, the Browns' upcoming releases. With all that said, kick back with a cup of coffee, Tug down on your favorite balaclava and listen to the interview with the Browns. I'm not entirely sure where they're calling from or how they got my number or if what they're doing is completely legal. Probably not, but somehow, someway, I am talking to the Browns. Hey guys. Uh, Hello, sir. How's it going, and who are you? <laughs> this is Charlie motherfucking Brown. I'm the singer for the Browns. I am Bo Bandy Brown. I play guitar in the Browns. Still. Still, for today. Today only. Things might change by the end. We'll, see how, the, we'll see how this interview goes. Yeah, we'll see. Well, you never really know who exactly is underneath that mask. I'm not 100% sure who's under the masks. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure who's under it. Well, I'm glad somebody is. <laughs> so Bo Bandy and Charlie motherfucking Brown, thank you for, you know, we finally got this going. I, there's been some, this has been very jinxed of an interview trying to, well, yeah, we've been, we've been touring through the, uh, through the South Atlantic and, uh, you know, it's Skype down here. It's, it's basically a couple coconuts and some coffee beans put together. And that's, that's what we're operating with. Also a delicious beverage. Yeah. So you get to drink it afterwards. Good. Good Skyping. That seems like the most useful Skype has ever been. Yeah. Well, yeah. Likely. <laughs> yeah, like you said, it is free. So. Uh, so I've played the Browns on this show numerous times in the past. I think you guys were actually on our very first Halloween episode. But for those of you who don't know out there, for all the audience members who might just not have any idea, who or what are the Browns? Um, we are a horror punk band formed in uh, Alberta, Canada. In the late 90s, you know, gone through several changes, put out a, several records. Um, and our most recent release was, uh, well, before our most recent release was on the uh, Forbidden Dimension tribute compilation that you had put together that we were more than happy to be a part of. A lot of fun. Yeah, you guys did an excellent cover of uh, Martian Death Saucer, right? Yeah, and that's the, that's my favorite, uh, off of my favorite Forbidden Dimension release, the Mars is Heaven cassette. That is my favorite song off of that cassette. That was literally the only and first song I've ever heard from Forbidden Dimension. Really? Yes. Well, I guess we just realized that you're not going to be in the band any longer after this interview. I'm glad. I can't wait. <laughs> well, well, I would say maybe Forbidden Dimension is hiring, but who knows with those guys. <laughs> yeah, no one knows. Well, if you only know one song, I don't think you're going to get an audition. So. <laughs> Likely not. Maybe you could start a Forbidden Dimension tribute band. Yeah, one song. <laughs> one song I know how to play. Just Bo Bandy playing guitar and doing the one song. <laughs> I'll just drink a beer. That's all I'll do. You can open for the Browns. I'll just play the, the Forbidden Dimension, 
Forbidden Dimension cassette there, and I'll just drink a beer the whole time. Yeah, that's okay. When the Browns started off, I played guitar and sang anyways, so maybe that's... we'll just have to go back to that configuration. <laughs> That'd be perfect. Returning yeah, to your roots. Yeah, wonderful. Speaking of your roots, what actually motivated you guys to play horror punk? It's a very unique genre, and like, what drew you to that instead of singing about stuff like cars, girls, and politics? Well, the cars and girls part goes hand in hand with the horror punk. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, the first album has a couple songs about cars. Every album has songs about girls, and I don't know if you've noticed, but um, you know. Horror goth girls typically seem to wear like more revealing clothing, so it just kind of made more sense that like, you know, I love horror movies and I love girls, and it made sense that I would be able to snuggle up with a girl wearing not much clothing while we watched something like Last House on the Left or something. Ah, uh, so it was all just a play to kind of get with the, get with the girls. I mean, I can imagine if, <laughs> but I don't know some of those industrial types. They wear a lot of buckles and wear a lot of leather. I would imagine that might defeat the purpose. Well, I never said we don't Shapes have. I never said we don't have an industrial knockoff version of the Browns. I mean, that may exist. We just don't talk about it when we're talking about the Browns. That's all. Das Browns, the side project. Yeah, exactly. Browns, Browns. down sexy. We also have we also have a shitty pop punk version of us called Mast Intruder. We have we have several versions of us really. The Massive Shooter Boys are great friends of ours, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I've noticed there's been an ongoing feud between you and Mask Intruder on Facebook. Yeah. Though I think it's kind of like one-sided, unfortunately. It, it seems one-sided. <laughs> they don't seem to care that we exist, which is perfect. <laughs> which is wonderful. I mean, you know, we played an Instant Bowl last week, and they opened up for us. They'll never admit this to anybody, but they opened up for us. And I asked them about Iceland, Facebook. too, right? Uh, was that them in Iceland? I think it might have been. Yeah, there were some colorful masks there. The most of the uh, our entire trip through there was pretty hazy for me, but they, they 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 still ignored us even in person. It's bizarre. Iceland, Istanbul. It sounds like you have a theme tour going on. What would what would be next? Uh, um, Ig, uh, igloo Igluville. Where's that? Canada. Yeah. It'd be one one in Canada soon. I'm sure. North of Moose Jaw. Um, Booster. Oh, in Innisfail. That's where we're going next. Innisfail. That's a great place. Oh, you yeah. can always try Iowa or Illinois in the states. That's not Canada. Uh, years ago, we played in Moscow, Idaho. That was that was an interesting place. Was it all a bunch of Russian expats? No, I expected it to be full of Russians, but um, we stayed with these people that lived in a literal trailer park, which was fine. But um, we met a girl who had a baby. And the baby had like this stud bracelet on. And I was like, oh, how'd you get a stud bracelet so small for that baby? And she said, well, it's actually a cock ring. And I said, oh. And yeah, that baby actually really, really enjoyed bananas for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I am both mortified and impressed. Yeah, yeah. We've seen the world. We've been everywhere, man. <laughs> kind of like Johnny Cash, you know? What's going yeah. on? What are you doing over there? Well, Bandy, what are you building? We're doing an interview. So quit, quit, quit working on your uh, fucking tool shed. Well, I, got, I got to do that every now and again. Just I got to combine my time, right? All right well. Very effective. I mean, you don't. You have to really do. You have to be efficient when you're in a you band. Gotta, yeah. You got to work two jobs. Got to do your house rentals, and you got to play music sometimes. Deliver the mail. We all have our ups and downs. True enough. I've noticed a lot of horror punk bands usually sing about kind of the same stuff. You know, zombies, vampires, Frankenstein. But you guys, the Browns. Mm -hmm. They kind of have their own style. They play about the VHS era of horror, like 70s, 80s exploitation. Sure, you do sing about vampires and werewolves, but it's American Werewolf in Calgary and Fright Night. Plus, I, 
think yeah, you yeah. guys are one of maybe a handful out there. I mean, granted, horror punk really isn't that populous, but you're, you're one of the few bands that would sing about Phantasm, Motel Hell, and Reanimator. I mean, is there a reason why that era of horror kind of fits in with your oeuvre, your aesthetic, your style? Oeuvre. Um, well, all joking aside, I, uh, I, that's, I grew up, like, from a very early age watching horror movies. And I, um, I was born in the late 70s, so I grew up in the 80s watching all the stuff. Like, I was in the prime of my viewing as a child during the VHS boom. So, I mean, when other families were off, you know, playing soccer or hockey or whatever the fuck they did on the weekends, if my mom had the weekend off, we would literally go rent, like, six horror movies and just make popcorn and watch movies all weekend long. And that was my childhood. But, you know, no joke. So, you know, most kids were out there trying to be fucking Wayne Gretzky and... My mom was telling me when to cover my eyes while we watched Last House on the Left. So, I, you know, that that's just the kind of the era that I grew up in. So that, in in the resurgence, it's funny being in the Browns because when we started the band in the late 90s, watching these movies, like finding a movie like Phantasm, you know, it wasn't that hard to find. But since then, like it's been released on DVD and Blu-ray countless times. And as uh, technology progresses, I mean... We get to see these hidden gems like What Have You Done to Solange, Rock and Roll Nightmare. We get to see these things fairly easy, especially with the internet now. Um, whereas before, you just saw them on some scrappy, dodgy VHS tape. So it, it's part of a childhood growing up. And also, I mean, I feel punk rock is also like horror. Like, it's one of those things where once you get into it, you're kind of you're kind of into it for the rest of your life, no matter what else you, you get into along the way. It sounds like Bo Bandy just drove away. I'm back. Hey. I'm walking a Don Bluth film, actually. Are you? Which one? Land Before Time. Nice. <laughs> um, I th- he just got to the part where the dinosaurs were turned into gasoline. <laughs> it felt really good. <laughs> How sad. All right. So, uh, hey, no- Noisy Brown, what are you doing over there? Just enjoying myself. I'm just listening to you guys talk. I, uh. I really just here for moral support. What do you think about it? Well, do you agree? I mean, do you share similar uh, connections with that era of horror mo- movies and that time of the VHS? You know, the VHS boom is a little bit past my time, to be honest with you. I, I really didn't. I, when, I, when I was a kid. Well, oh, Bandy's only 13. We should probably paraphrase. Yeah, but the, the movies that I had when I was a kid was uh, My Little Pony, uh, Land Before Time, uh, Ernest Scared Stupid. That's what I had on VHS. That's all I watched until I was about 23. <laughs> um. 13. I mean, I was, I was I'm just, 13. No, I was just trying to imagine the mind of someone who would watch uh, Land Before Time, My Little Pony, and Ernest Scared Stupid for the first 23 years of their life, or 13 even. <laughs> that might be even more horrific than watching, like, Cannibal Holocaust or, you know. I've never seen that one. I Spit on Your Grave. I enjoyed that movie a lot. Did you really? I See, I didn't like the, uh, I didn't like the original I Spit on Your Grave, but oddly enough, I liked the remake. Remake was good, too. I, I, I have to admit, the, the first rape scene there was tough just, to get it's, through. It's such a hard watch. I That's yeah. one thing that's always... It's I know I've referenced Last House on the Left quite a few times, but uh, rapey movies don't do not do much for me. I'm not going to... Rapey movies and... Uh, I, just, I really enjoyed the revenge in I Spit on Your Grave in the original. You know, the part where she cuts off his dick in the bathtub. And yeah, that part was great. But It was uh, so good. I almost crapped myself and I watched it. I felt the rapes like, were just too long. Like they yeah, just... It was a little excessive. You're right. I think yeah. that's one of the kind of things that makes the Browns charming is that you, and, I mean, charming air quotes, you can't see it. But you guys, you sing about these 
wonderfully vivid images, but it's all very, it's a wonderful tableau of violence and it doesn't really, you guys don't really come off as rapey. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad that you don't think, you think that. That's great. Yeah. I, I, you know, if only more, more women would tell us we don't come off as rapey, then we'd really be on to something. But, uh, you know, it's, um, I, I'd like to think that when you, you know, a lot of our songs are about girls in horror movies and things like that, which is fine. And uh, some people might say that that's sexist or something, but if you actually listen to the lyrics or read the lyrics or can remotely decipher them, most of the time the guys get their comeuppance if there is some sort of uh, situation like that. So it's almost like a punk rock version of a Tales from the Crypt or a creep show uh, segment. And then like a lot of our songs too, I mean, I'll take like subject matter that is about a movie and interject myself and someone else into that subject matter. Like a song off our first record called Bloodsucking Freaks is about the movie Bloodsucking Freaks, but somehow I've made myself a character in that movie along with uh, Jerry Hallowell from the Spice Girls. Makes no sense at all, but it's basically me and Jerry living our lives through the movie of Bloodsucking Freaks. Uh, why? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I get pretty fucked up on cough syrup and end up writing a bunch of lyrics. So. Well, you chose the right Spice Girl, I would have to say. Oh, definitely. I was a fan. Jerry Holloway in her prime? Holy fuck. <laughs> she was also very talented. Let's give her that. Maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not. I don't even know. Yeah. Anyways. I was just saying how we're not sexist. But. <laughs> I'm just going to stop now. <laughs> so the Browns are kind of listed as having abrasive stage shows. What does that mean? Because that could be anything between Gigi Allen to Guar. No one's pooping in their hand and shoving it in your face. That's for sure. And there's no, uh, there's no penises spraying out fake blood either. Um, but there... that said, you know, um, nothing too crazy. But... No, nothing too crazy. I mean, at our last show, is that our last show when I kicked that guy and he got thrown out or whatever? That, no, that's one of them. No, that's one in Calgary. The Daglos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, if someone's gonna fuck with us, and they always do for some reason. Uh, taking off the masks on stage seems to be uh, something that people like doing. And anytime that happens, it usually the show ends in some sort of violence. The first time it happened, um, a kid ripped off my ski mask and I picked up the microphone stand and bunted him in the face with the bottom of it. Damn. And uh, we walked off the stage. So what, four, 16 years later, 15, 16 years later, uh, a couple months back, same thing kind of happened and uh, – Gave the guy a boot in the chest and then put a bounty on his head and said, anybody who beat him up and kicked him out, I'd give him 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> a personal bounty. I love it. Yeah. So I don't remember that part of the show, but I do remember getting my teeth knocked in by the mic several times with that one dude. Yeah. But, I mean, our shows are, they just, you know, it's the punk rock, like stage diving mosh pit stuff. And it comes to the territory. It comes to the brand of music, but we don't, uh, we're not the band that stops playing because people are moshing or breaking gear. Or we're, we we kind of encourage it, if anything else. So I would say so. Well, that's that's punk rock. Mm -hmm. And what's also punk rock, the Browns have a distinction of being alongside such bands as The Addicts, Bad Religion, Refused, Stiff Little Fingers, and The Clash on a soundtrack to Tony Hawk's Underground. How exactly did that happen? <laughs> when did that happen? I don't remember this. Uh, yeah, it was like 2000. Before my time? Yes. Before I thought the practice didn't start until I joined the band. Well, that's what we told you to make you feel good when you joined the band. Oh. So, thanks, Jason. You really fucked this up. Uh. It was off of your it was off of your Facebook page. 
I don't read internet. <laughs> Though Bandy doesn't speak internet. Um, I think it was like 2003 or so. Uh, the people at Activision had contacted us and said they wanted to use a song on one of their video games. And I was like, yeah, right. You know, I thought it was a joke. And they kept emailing me and finally I was like, so what's your video game? And they're like, well, we do this video games for this guy named Tony Hawk. And I was like, nice. yeah. And I was like, yeah, I, I know who Tony Hawk is. <laughs> so then, uh, yeah, we uh, we got we got paid a bunch, and they put American Werewolf from Calgary on their on their uh, thing. And the only thing we demanded was, uh, besides the money that they gave us, was copies of the game. And it was funny too because you you put the game on, and the first time I put the game on, our song started, and I was like, holy fuck! Like our song's on the start menu, and it's actually at random. Yeah, but. Like, I was like, it just, I don't know, it was serendipitous, I guess, the way it happened. And then you can unlock Gene Simmons and play as him as a character. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, Gene Simmons is fucking lame, but kids are my favorite band, so. Yeah, you have to get to the point where you have to separate the artist Mm -hmm. from the art, especially with Gene Simmons. But Gene, I mean, anybody can say Gene Simmons is, anybody know, everybody knows Gene Simmons is the worst character of Kiss. Oh, do you, who do you prefer? Peter Peter Chris, man. Yeah. Oh. I was I was going to go with Ace Freely, but Peter Ace. I'd say it goes Peter Ace, Eric, Vinny, Paul, Gene. That's a good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I have a I have a Peter Chris Bella Club that I haven't worn yet. Oh. I probably Peter, shouldn't wear because I'm not the drummer. But Peter, uh, Peter Chris Brown. Peter Chris Brown. You could beat up Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of funny if the guitar player with him. Yeah. Yeah, be good. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, Yes, and the Browns aren't sexist. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty cool that Activision actually sought after you guys mm-hmm. instead of doing something like they had a held a contest or something with the Warp Tour where they have like a battle of the bands just to have someone open up or something. Yeah, no, they they totally contacted us, and it was really weird. It was really grassroots. Like, they emailed my personal email address back when I had a CompuServe email address. Oh, geez. Yeah, and I, and I totally thought it was a joke and thought it was a joke for a little while until, like, they, they start. It was funny because after several emails, I'm like, yeah, you can use it. Yeah, you can use it. And every time they'd be like, okay, who's your publisher? Who's your this? Who's your that? And I'm like, um, you can use the song. And they're like, who do we contact for this? Who do we contact for that? And finally I was like, fuck, I, I don't know what you're talking about. You better send me the documents. So they sent me everything. And then I was like, okay. Yeah, they got to make sure everything gets dotted and crossed. But yeah, it was cool. And it was a good game. And it, I think it actually won like – uh, an MTV like best video game soundtrack award that year as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely. Nothing to do with you know the addicts or bad religion. Bad religion or, or the other bands that are yeah, on there. All those other bands, all those bands that wish they were us. <laughs> well, I had to look up those bands. I mean, bad religion. Who is Clash? It? Clash? Yeah, what's I don't. I've never heard of this Clash band. I'm not sure. Uh, that they're just some British. I think some group from I don't know. Way oh, back. it's just another one of those copycat British bands, hey. fucking fucking guys but yeah it's cool so of course i'm going to speak a little bit more internet so bo bandy you might want to cover your ears um this could be a lightning forum though it could be i'll i'll I'll, I'll keep listening okay so last year uh the Browns saw most of their members get committed to a mental institution uh leaving only charlie to soldier on um (laughs) And, of course, this leads the way for the introduction of new members like Bo Bandy. I mean, 
why what what led you to join the browns myself well truth be told i uh back in medicine hat when i was a young fella i i, I recall listening to the cd uh greatest hits and i said this is pretty shitty but uh i listen i listen to a lot either way i uh i happen to know charlie because he was a friend of a friend of a friend back in calgary and I met him again one day and and he begged me, actually, believe it or not. I had to pay him a lot. Like, it was a lot of money. I yeah. mean, he, he, he watched me play guitar for about four seconds in my ba- basement bathroom. And he's like, man, you got to do this. And I said, I don't know, Charlie. This is a lot, this is a lot, of, a lot of effort I got to put into this. And money was exchanged. Bodily fluids were exchanged. It was... Only, a, well, only one kind of bodily fluid, but... Well, not my bodily two. fluids, unfortunately. <laughs> I was well, more on the receiving end, if you will. Yeah, pretty well, yeah. But no, it, it all worked out in the end, and now I'm in the band, and it's great. I love it. That was actually a couple years ago now, too. I think it wasn't. It was a while ago. It was how long? How long we've been in the band now? What, uh, two years probably. A good twenty-three months, I bet. Yeah. There you go. Almost two years. Almost. You'll have to yeah. celebrate. Yeah. I'm already celebrating. Yeah. I'm hammered <laughs> right now. Yeah, I've had more beers. Yeah. Woo! It's crazy Istanbul beer. It's fucking ill in Istanbulian beer. Was it 15% of them? Yeah. Good. I prefer Constantinople beer, but you can't <laughs> find it anymore. <laughs> it's nobody's business but the Turks. With the exchange of bodily fluids, I guess you guys could say you have new blood in the band. So what's <laughs> what's different about the Browns in 2014? It's a, it's a much different writing process. Um, That's for true. Yeah. Before it was... Um, you know, I I primarily wrote almost everything before. I I wrote I'd say probably ninety percent of everything before. Now um, the musicians in the band uh, actually write the majority of the music, and I just do the lyrics and the uh, and the vocals pretty much. I mean, I guess I have some input, but it's not like it was before where I would literally sit down, write a Browns album, then show everybody how to play it, um, more or less. I know there are some musicians out there who are very control freaks. And probably couldn't work like that. I mean, now that you're kind of allowing other inputs to come in, I mean, what's the overall end product? Is it like a stronger, is it more punk, is it more faster? Um, It's just more, it's more fun to do this way. It wasn't necessarily done that way because I was a control freak. It was just done that way because uh, I was with people who didn't. Their instruments. Yeah, they just didn't really care one way or the other. They were just kind of there, more or less. Whereas the lineup now and the lineup that's been really the most productive in years uh, is way more of a full four piece effort. Like it's not just one guy going, here's the songs. I mean, it's, you know, like Bobandi will come up with something and show it to us and we'll fuck with it, tweak it and turn it into a song. Somebody else. And same thing. Everybody in the band will will do that. And it's much different than it used to be. And I'd say it makes for a lot more of a fun sound. Uh, at least for us, it's fun because stuff feels more fresh. It's not stuff that I've been sitting on for 10 years or whatever. Well, one song on the new record is. Is it? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. What yeah. Song? On the, uh, we have a new record coming out. Well, it's we're just, we're just, well, soon we'll have it coming out. Um, soonish. Soonish. Sometime in 2015. But we're, uh, we're just wrapping up the recordings now. And we re-recorded the first song we ever recorded ever wrote as a band the first song I ever wrote for the browns we re-recorded for the new album that sort of ties it all together yeah of what seems to be f- f- a band that wants to be in the band this new future version you know the browns for the future 
<laughs> reaching Ooh. back to the very first Brown song. That's kind of cool. It all comes together. I think our not this record that's coming out, uh, but the record after this one should be called The Browns of the Future. And all the songs should be like Space Age or something. Because I like what well, you just 2001 said. Browns or something. Yeah. 2010, the year we lose contact. <laughs> Could all be about life force and various. Ooh. Oh, man, that girl in life force? Holy smokes. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's, yeah. Fo- she's foxy. You have a 7-inch coming out. Uh, Yeah, it came out like last week or two weeks okay. ago. Already? Yeah. What's it's, the street date for that one? Like September or something? Yeah, our, our, we we have the records in our possession, but we're not playing a release show until December. I'm not sure how that works. So, um, I have a feeling that we might be sold out of the first pressing by the time we actually do our release show. That's okay though. Um, it's uh, sure. yeah, it's a seven inch on a label called Dreaming of the Past Records out of Calgary, Alberta. Yeah, Colin's his name, right? Colin. Colin runs the show over there, and Colin's a good fucking dude. Happen to be Great. working with a label that actually has their head not up their ass. <laughs> Fantastic. Because virtually every label we've worked with in the past has had their head up their ass. Literally. Yeah, outside of Activision, if you want to call them a label, but I mean, they're There's one song that no one. Well, well yeah, <laughs> no one in the band. Well, other than you, I guess. Yeah, no, if you go on YouTube, you can find someone has taken the song and put it right up against the Tony Hawk Underground. So you guys are known. Yeah. By whom? YouTubers. Clearly. The Internet. best and the brightest. There you go. But yeah, our new seven inch coming out or it is out, whatever. Uh, side great track yeah great track that uh yeah that'll be exclusive just to that record too so mm-hmm. good times and so, what's uh what's the album that come that will be coming out after that and sometime in 2015 what's that yeah. album what's that album bull bandy return of the browns the return of the browns that's yeah, right a great guy i know uh, named hugh evans runs eye catcher design of saskatoon uh he did all the artwork for it and it looks fantastic and uh, he's very excited to be doing this. He even paid us to do the artwork, believe it or not. But uh, he, he can't wait to have this stuff shown. And I could care less, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, uh, it was just nice of him to do it for us. Free of charge, mind you. What's really funny is the artwork for the album was done before recording had even began. Yeah, well, we kind of anticipated that recording would happen. And, you know, there's some ups and downs. We weren't sure if it was going to happen or not. And... Luckily, we got in the studio and did that. So that's good. Well, what had happened was we signed to a label, then that label dropped us. When pretty oh, much the, that's right, yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty much the same time we had planned on going into the studio. So. <laughs> yeah, pretty well around with that. Yeah. That was good. Well, who's going? Uh, do you have a label for the return of the Browns? Yeah, no. EMI or something. Uh, what is it? Warner Brothers. Cuomo from, from Weezer, he's got a new label. And he's been talking to us. But uh, you know, if there's anybody out there, any hungry labels that want to scoop us up, we will entertain any ideas. Likely. Well, I mean, not all, not all the ideas, though. Well, we'll, inter- we'll hear your ideas. Yeah, not because we're going to accept or anything. No, but. no. You'll just entertain. We'll entertain them. Uh, we'll only probably sign to uh, Rivers Cuomo's label if we can use the artwork for the Blue Album, but just draw, like, ski masks on top of their faces. That'd be ideal, really. Yeah. Uh, you could just be like that punk band that also kind of ripped off that gob, I think it was. Gob? Oh. <laughs> what was that band from Vancouver? Band that Vancouver the hit? Oh, it was funny. I ripped off the artwork from that other label. You yeah. know what was really funny about that was I posted that on Facebook, bitching about that. And, uh, That's right. Good job. And uh, 
somebody who used to be in the Browns, a guy by the name of Bad Bad Leroy Brown, he was our original bass player. He contacted me and uh, told me that the guy who was being charged with ripping off that artwork was actually a childhood friend of ours. <laughs> and I was, and uh, a former roommate of mine when I was 18. So, yeah. uh, Your influence. It all keeps coming around full circle where I just keep pissing off and fucking over everybody I know. And we love you for it. I hope so. You guys have any plans for the Halloween season? Uh, I'm going to hand out candy to kids in my Peter Chris mask, that's for sure. I bought my dog's Halloween costumes. One of them is going to be Superman, the other one's going to be Batman. Last year I had about six kids come to the door, so, you know, if I hit ten, then I'll be lucky. But uh, October is always always a time for me to sit down and catch up with some favorite horror movies. That's kind of my month to sit down and really hit it hard. So I'll I'll do a lot of that probably every night. Just come home and watch a movie or two and get drunk by myself and go to bed. That sounds like my Halloween. Oh, when I'm not at Instable or Innisfil or Iceland. Iceland, yes. Uh, Do you guys have any shows coming up? There are two in uh, Baghdad. Both sold out. Oh, really? You didn't know about that? No. I booked those last week. Oh, when? Halloween? No, no, no. They're coming up, uh, I think they're next Tuesday. Both? We're playing yeah. two shows in Baghdad on one Tuesday night? The afternoon, a matinee, and then the evening show. Uh, okay. We'll work on the set list later for that. But um, for, for the North American audiences, which I assume is the primary amount primarily amount of your listeners, um, December 6th in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, uh, home of Forbidden Dimension, as we talked about before. And uh, in between that, I'm sure we'll have one or two as well. We'll probably do a couple more shows in North America before the year ends out. Excellent. We'll have to get you guys down here. Where's down here? Uh, I'm at least in New York City. Oh, fuck. Yeah, we're not. Uh, I'll tell you off air why we're not allowed to play there again. Oh, well, that's awesome. <laughs> I guess I'll have to go up to Calgary. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, happy. Well, you guys can be found online at thebrownsmania.com and facebook.com slash thebrownsmania. Are there any other places that people can look you up? Probably the internet of, of, of sorts, I assume. Bo Bandy, you have a, a band page, don't we? Band? Well, that's the Browns Mania thingy. Oh, okay. All right. That's com, that goes to the band camp. All right. Because we're cheap. We, can, we couldn't afford to get an actual website, so we just decided to get a... a well, who, needs, who needs a website? Thing. Who needs an actual ah. website these days? I mean. Band camp's free. Forget about it. Mm. Well, Bobandi, Charlie motherfucking Brown, I want to thank you for calling me. I feel... A little less secure in my own home, but I consider that a successful interview. Well, thanks, Johnny. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Sammy. We appreciate it. Billy? <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to say before we head my out? My dog literally just ran away. I got to get going here. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, I, uh... Dog no, killed. not really. Thank you very much for having us. All right. Thank you.
My Bloody Valentine by the Browns. Go pick up that new record and then buy their next album when it comes out. And that's sooner than you think. September is over. That's hard to believe. Ah, we're headed right into October, the prime Halloween season. Have you decided on your costume yet, dear listener? I keep going back and forth between a couple of choices. Maybe dressing up as a vampiric leech man or a flesh-eating ghoul. Though that really wouldn't be that far of a stretch. Though if I really want to scare everybody at the Halloween party, I'll just go as a clown. <laughs> oh, that is creepy. While I pick out my clown name, why not listen to this song by X-Ray Mary?
voices rising from the grave Vincent Price is rising from the grave In an oblong box he shall This is Boa Raymond Olubuwale, not just the Axeman, but the Canadian Heavyweight Champion. And you're listening to Six Foot Plus. Monster Madness by Radium Cats, not Radiation 
That's what's coming from your TV set. Turn off your TV and turn off this episode. It's all over. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Remember, subscribe to Six Foot Plus so you can keep track of all the new episodes. And hey, rate and review them while you can. Someday you won't be able to. Someday you'll be dead. But in the meantime, read Gravedigger's Local 16 over at gravediggerslocal.com and talk to me online at Six Foot Plus on Twitter. That's the number six, F-T-P-L-U-S. We'll close this show with 1313 Mockingbird Lane, that garage band that took their name from the Munsters' mailing address. They're probably the coolest thing to ever come out of Albany, New York. And if you ever happen to find yourself in Albany, New York, get out of there! And I'm getting out of here, dear listener. Until next time, stay groovy, you ghoulie.
Six Foot Plus, Episode 122. This has been Six Foot Plus, a GDL 16 production. To support, subscribe, rate, review, and recommend Six Foot Plus. The theme song, Carpe Nocto, performed by the Madeira. Shivala, Yvonne. Urban Graveyard Lounge music, performed by Kava Khan. Mahalo. Monster Matt Patterson of the Monster Matt Minute can be found online at hahahorror.com. To find out about all the music you heard on this episode, as well as all past episodes and all those important links, go to Six Foot Plus. That's the number six, F T P L U S.com.